What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 190, coming up on 200. Sean and I had a Monday rundown late on a Sunday night here, and we jumped right in. We talked tournament first. Following that, we talked NFL, then some NBA, went over the trade deadline, and we talked about our local squads a little bit more. Did a little Yankees corner real quick on some MLB, and then we finished it up with some bullshitting as well as a little bit of the PGA. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. And if you have any comments, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. We will be back later in the week with a full MLB preview. Enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are at episode 190, 10 away from 200. A lot on the docket on this Sunday night, my friend. How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I think we need to do a big thing for number 200. Maybe have Will on and Frenchie if they want to send us, you know, love and, and appreciation and, and Mike Phillips and I don't know who else we've had on the pod, but if they just want to send us their love. I think the a love fest would be nice. It'd be nice to hear them talk about how great our pod is. Yes, um, it is very, very windy, by the way, so let's hope my power doesn't go out. Um, but we might be able to fight through it. I might have enough computer battery left. Definitely have enough cell phone battery left. So Wasn't we'll it have just to see like 60 goes. degrees up there yesterday? Yeah, it was gorgeous out yesterday, but now we got a wind warning as I see the ticker across the top of my screen on the in the during the tournament, so... All right. Well, yeah, definitely best of luck keeping power and, um, you know, hopefully we don't have any issues. But you mentioned watching college basketball right now. UCLA is up 11 at the half, I believe, on Alabama. And we're trying to figure out an Elite Eight, man. Two two more games to go tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, Last time I checked the bracket standings, I believe, was this morning in our little pool. And you are in fourth place, and I think I'm in eighth, and you and I have the two most... Uh, points that can possibly be earned left, so that's pretty good. We, we keep telling people we're really fucking smart. <laughs> yeah, it's no right? surprise. I mean, no big deal. I did pick the Loyola Chicago upset over um, over who was it? The number one Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, no big deal. Well, you texted me too right away saying I'm a genius, and I was like, hey, I can't be mad at that. I I didn't pick that game, so uh, yeah, big balls by you. But that was a that was a good pick. Loyola went down yesterday. Yes, sir, they did. Um, all right, you ready to jump in, talk about the tournament, anything? A lot of upsets this year. Uh, I feel like everybody should have expected that, given the crazy year. Your Huskies went out early. Um, tough scene there, tough scene. It was brutal. Uh, Book Knight did not play well at all, and they just couldn't make shots. And I thought they hung in there defensively in the first half for how poor their offense was, but they just could not continue to play great defense and not score. And Maryland went on a pretty strong run there in the second half, and it was over quickly. Yeah, it definitely was over quickly. Um, nothing much else to say. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. I got a FaceTime from Will Smith right there. <laughs> oh, speak of the devil. Yeah, I didn't want to throw him on the spot and have him come on live, so I'm just going to shoot him a text from my computer. Um, yeah, Maryland just was the better team in that game, point blank period. They were, yeah. UConn wasn't ready for their moment. You know, 
generally when you have the better the best player in the game you have a chance to win but when that best player is a freshman accompanied by the upperclassmen leadership that's not quite you know they're they're they haven't been there before they haven't played in many big games with UConn being down the last few years uh, and obviously not getting a chance to play in a conference tournament or an NCAA tournament last year the experience just wasn't there and the youth of book night showed and yeah Maryland was just the better team pretty much the entire game yes they were um any other takeaways from the tournament thus far Gonzaga looks like the best team in the country um and Baylor looks like the second best team yeah that's pretty easy to say I mean Gonzaga absolutely destroyed Creighton today. They're winning easily. It doesn't seem like they've had to deal with any adversity so far. Baylor has had some rough stretches in games, but they are evaporated quickly because of how amazingly fast they can score points. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I think the biggest takeaway right now is what Oregon State's done. They wouldn't have even been in the tournament if they didn't win the Pac-12. And I think we got to give the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, that we give so much shit to. They've been unbelievable in this tournament. We're going to get an Oregon-USC game to round out the Sweet 16 tonight. One of those teams, obviously, is going to play in the Elite Eight. So you're going to have two Elite Eight Pac-12 teams. Well, you might have three because UCLA is smacking UCLA Alabama right now. right now. UCLA now, too. Yeah, so, I mean, that's. I think we got to show a little love there. Yeah, I mean, we kind of shit on them, I feel like, both for football and basketball. And, and good year for them, uh, tournament-wise. And these teams look good. I mean, UCLA plays their brand of basketball. They're not going to go out there and run with Alabama. They're going to slow it down. They're going to shoot threes. Oklahoma State just seems to have a lot more fight than the than the team that Oregon they're playing. Oregon State, you mean? I'm sorry, Oregon State. Same colors, same initials. It's very well, and confusing. They did, and they did beat Oklahoma yes. State last week. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, it's the same thing as South Carolina and, and USC. Uh, same, same initials, same almost colors. It's... I don't know why they do that, but it's very confusing, for me at least. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, they, Oregon State seems to just play harder than everybody else, uh, and then UCLA has probably the number two overall pick on the team. They should be here. They're the only ones that should. Um, and, and Oregon's always a solid tourney team. Yeah, Oregon's always good. Oregon's, Oregon's like the class. Yeah, they, they've been good for a long time, and they, they seem like they're a perennial Sweet 16 team. I think you said that when we did our uh, brackets on our last pod. USC's size, to me, is is something that's pretty astounding. I, I really didn't watch any of them this year, and to watch what they did in their last in their last game was really nothing short of incredible. I mean, they, they just absolutely – I forgot who they – they beat but they beat a higher seed and they beat them really easily i mean it was a 35 point game yeah i mean they they just out muscle guys especially with their big man who looks like he's gonna probably go what's his name and Ngak- mm-hmm. is that it uh i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right but and they got the and they got the mobley twins too just kidding it's not Ngaku. he's on the atlanta hawks so that was last year <laughs> Um, but yeah, that might be the guy you're talking about. He's a, he's a lottery pick. I'm not I'm not prepped for the draft yet. It, it's not right around the corner, so I'm more well, worried maybe about. Don't proclaim them. Yeah. I'm I'm more worried about. Um, well, no, he's looked great. Whoever he is, he's looked great, and by all <laughs> by all accounts, he's going to be a top five pick. Um, I'm more prepped for for MLB right now, which I'm fired up about. Which we're doing a preview, uh, recording it tonight, be coming out later in the week. Um, and I'm more prepped for the NBA draft. But, yeah, USC looks like a great team. I think Oklahoma State right now is the surprise of the tournament, though. 
um, because they just are the only team that feels like they shouldn't be here. Um, even Loyola Chicago, that team plays team defense better than probably any team in the country. I think they had the um, the lowest points per, points scored against in the country, and they're they're a decent team offensively. So I expected them to be there. It's only Oregon State. Yeah, well, Oregon State. I mean. Both teams yesterday, when they beat Loyola Chicago, neither team was a particularly great offensive team. And Oregon State went on a few little runs there, got a lot of offensive rebounds. Loyola Chicago couldn't make a three. I think they were a combined four of 19 from three or something. And if they're not hitting at least 50%, they're screwed. Um, but I, Oregon State and UCLA, I mean, let's let's give credit here. I mean, Oregon State, they if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament, they weren't in. And then UCLA had to beat a Michigan State team that I picked to win not only that game, but get to a Sweet 16, I believe, at least win their first-round matchup. And UCLA ran them, ran through them in the second half of that game, and they haven't looked back since. So both of these teams easily couldn't be here, and they're showing up late. No doubt about it. Um, your Final Four, I don't think it's alive, right? Your Final no, Four is not. done. Um my final four is done with Oklahoma State being out and Florida State on the ropes right now. But our championship is still alive. Not a lot of people can say that. And I think um, those two teams run all the way to the championship still. Yeah, well, with Florida State losing to Michigan today, that was a popular pick that a lot of people yeah. had because of uh, the best defensive player on Michigan's team not being a part of this tournament. But they still won very easily today. Florida State, again, a team that shoots threes. Alabama right now, a team that shoots threes. If they're not knocking them down, they're going to have a hard time winning these games against teams that play a little bit more well-orchestrated offense and more balanced offense. Absolutely. I said Florida State's on the ropes. It's actually Alabama. Florida State already lost. So they're they're off the ropes. They're done. Yeah, no, they're done. Uh, yeah, M- Michigan. Michigan took it to them. Um, you talked about the tournament being really fluky this year, and obviously there being very limited fans. All the games are in either Butler's place or at the, where the Pacers play and a couple other gyms scattered across Indian, Indianapolis. Have you felt like the teams like an Oral Roberts who just lost yesterday and got to the Sweet 16, like teams like that are just playing – you're not really having that fan element that either hypes you up or, or, or intimidates you. You're just basically playing pickup hoops. Do you feel like that's why we've seen so many upsets this year? I think it's partially that and partially just the COVID schedule screwing around a lot of teams, especially the big power conference teams. And the other aspect that you mentioned, they're playing in smaller gyms or whatever, these smaller teams are used to being able to create that own energy on their own because they're always playing in smaller gyms in front of smaller crowds. That's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. It's a little bit more familiar for them. And I think, too, is, you know, you're, you're looking at a conference like the Big Ten that was declared this year as probably one of the best com- overall jobs by a conference in the last five, ten years with how many teams they put out. And they had two number ones. And they've they've just absolutely shit the bed this year. And I don't I think that if they were playing in front of arenas and crowds that they were more used to, it, it, let's be honest. If you're if you're recruits that are playing at these schools, you're used to playing in front of giant crowds, big arenas, in the Big Ten all the time. Not having that, I think it might be a little hard for some of these kids to really get up for these games. And before you know it, you're down ten to an Oral Roberts with four minutes left. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And I think, what, Michigan's the last man standing out of the Big Ten? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then the Big East has zero representatives, from what I can remember, because Nova was the last man. Well, actually, Creighton, because they played today, was the last man standing. And they got yep. smoked by Gonzaga, so... Yeah, a lot of the power, a lot of the Power Five conferences. I mean, the ACC was nowhere to be found, anyways, right? No, I mean, hey, let's give Syracuse credit. They got to the Sweet Sixteen. They got routed by Houston last night, but they won a couple games against the San Diego State team and and somebody else I can't remember who that nobody really had them going all that far. I think they were an eleven seed this year, so you give it up for Syracuse. That zone confused. It was West Virginia. Teams. They beat yeah, yeah, West Virginia. Okay, so that a yep, higher so. ranked team as well. Right, I think they were a three. Yeah, and San Diego State was a six. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess you got to give them credit. I'm not giving anybody else in the fucking ACC credit. Terrible year for them. I mean, I just love how Duke just shuts it down and and, and, and cries COVID. Yeah, Virginia went out early. I mean, Florida State again. I mean, so the ACC got two teams: Florida State and, mm. and Syracuse. But yeah, the, the perennial teams. I mean, North Carolina. They might as well have not even shown up because Wisconsin, I think, that game was over six minutes in. Absolutely. I've been doing all right gambling on this tournament. I've got a nice parlay running right now. I need UCLA to to, to keep doing what they're doing. I got them plus seven in a little parlay. I'm up money, so I'll take it. Hey, I'm happy for you, pal. Um, A couple of matchups already set in the Elite Eight. We've got Oregon State versus Houston. We've got Baylor-Arkansas. And um, we've got Michigan against um, we got Michigan again, or yeah, we got Michigan against the winner of this UCLA Alabama game. So we're we're getting closer. Yeah, one more game after this, right? Yeah, the uh, Oregon USC game. Who decides to who gets to lose? It decides basically who gets to lose to Gonzaga. Goddamn, does Gonzaga look great, man? They never take their foot off the gas. Not at all, and they, they're another team like Baylor, probably even more than Baylor. They could be down 20, and the next thing you know, they're up five. It really is remarkable how some of these teams, how quickly they can score. It's, it, you, it's a blink of an eye. It's almost NBA level. Like, you know how the NBA now? like Well, that's what I've been saying all nothing. year. That's what I've been saying all year is that Gonzaga is the closest college basketball team I've seen to an NBA team in a long time. Yeah, just because of how quickly that they can evaporate leads and, and, and build leads. Yes, and how almost every single guy can create his own offense as well. Yeah, that is unique, and they also play a tremendous brand of basketball that Mark Few's done there for decades now. Yes. Um, all right, you ready to move on to the NFL? I am. Let's do and it. Let's do this, and I'm just going to speak for Tom and I here. Um, we're going to talk free agencies for our locals, some draft stuff, but the Deshaun Watson news obviously has been alive and well. I'm just going to say this, and Tom, I know you're going to echo me. I don't feel comfortable talking about this story. Uh, Over 20 women now allege sexual misconduct against Deshaun Watson. You've got the elements of the Me Too movement, and and you've got the racial issue going on here, and especially when he's trying to basically pull the most insane player empowerment move the NFL has ever seen. There's just too many layers and and complications with this story that – I frankly just don't feel comfortable about talking about. No, I mean, listen, I'm in, I'm of the camp. Um, when I'm not informed on it, I'm not going to be able to formulate an opinion, and we don't have enough facts. You and I don't know enough. I don't think the world knows enough, so we're just going to leave it alone. We're just going to leave it alone. So uh, we'll let that play out, and obviously... For a football thing, for a football thing, thing only, are the Jets the front runners if there is a trade at this point? Oh. 
I'm talking football only. Football only. I just don't think there's a front runner, man. I think football only is exactly as convoluted as the personal part of this thing. Well, yeah, especially with the Dolphins trade, the blockbuster. Yeah, I don't think teams right now are even considering Deshaun Watson a possibility, including probably even the Houston Texans. Well, maybe the Jets will be in on the Russell Wilson deal then. That could happen. So before we get to the blockbuster trades, we got to clean up some free agency stuff because our teams have been cleaning up since we talked. I think we talked, what, the first or second official day of free agency? Yeah, the Jets had already made their major moves. The Giants had made their major moves, I believe, although I don't know if we mentioned Kenny G going to the Giants. No, we didn't. Um, I think that's going to kill his fantasy value, but it is a good play for the Giants. Um and then the Jets went out and got a running back who I like very cheaply in Tevin Coleman. Yeah, Tevin Coleman was a really good signing. Robert he is Dahl fast as him. fuck when he can when he stays healthy. He was part of that three-headed monster that San Francisco rode to the Super Bowl. And Atlanta went to the Super and Bowl Al- with him as well. The two-headed too. monster of him and Freeman. That's right. So you bring in a good running back. Hopefully you don't have to go through the Frank Gore experience anymore. You also I bring think in that's Keelan over. Cole. Yeah, Keelan Cole, wide receiver who played on Jacksonville, a one-year deal. Again, a guy that was apparently uh, Adam Schefter went on the K show uh, two weeks ago when he signed and said that this guy was coveted by pretty much every team. So the Jets bring him in. He's a burner. You also uh, upgrade your defensive tackle and D-end lines there with Sheldon Rankins and Vinnie Curry. I think you guys – and Carl Lawson too. Yeah, we talked about that on the first spot. We talked about Lawson on the first pod. I love that move. I don't know why Cincinnati let him go. That's a young pass rusher that I think can average double-digit sacks. And I like them buttoning it up with some uh, with some veterans as well. You got to like that in a year where the cap dropped and now with the new TV deal that the NFL put in, it, the cap is going to do ridiculous things next year. And you don't have a lot of money tied up into the cap next year. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we talk about the TV deals and whatnot. I love what the Jets did. There's not too many implications. They're going to have room next year. I I just can't wait for when Sunday ticket goes up for grabs from DirecTV because I don't think they're getting it back. I think it's going to Amazon, which is huge because I can't get Sunday ticket and I'm not putting a dish on my house. I'm sorry. Huge for me too. I want to watch the Giants every Sunday. I can't do that here. That is a shame, my friend. You're going to be watching a lot of Cowboys this year. Yeah, I'll be rooting like crazy against them. But let's talk about my Giants here because all of their major moves happened after we last spoke. We mentioned that they franchised Leonard Williams. Well, they turned that into a three-year, $63 million deal, which which helped them with the cap. And you mentioned Kenny G. Kenny Galladay, after a sleepover at Giants camp, four years, $72 million. That's the sexiest move, obviously, made by the Giants. We'll talk about some others in a second. What stood out to you about this deal, and do you think it's a good move for the Giants? Um, I raised an eyebrow to that deal, but you mentioned the cap is going up. He's a young wide receiver, but the only concern I have is that he can't stay on the field. Yeah, that's a huge concern. And he's been injured every single year of his career. So I think uh, he's played 16 games once. Yeah, I mean, it's he's only been in the league for three, four years. It's It's a scary sight, but again, still a young talent. And I think he's going to be able to help Danny Dimes out a lot because that's a big body target that can box some guys out in the red zone. And he can also spread the field when he's healthy as well. I think part of why he spent so much time there is 
the Giants really wanted to make sure from a physical standpoint that he was okay and ready to go and that they could envision him staying on the field for now what will be a 17-game season. I, I love this move because it was a move that obviously I think from the Giants' perspective is something that they had to do. Unlike the Jets last year, you're going into year three of a young quarterback that is a make-or-break year. And you have to know what they're going to be, and you got to give them the, pre- the requisite weapons to work with. And to go get a guy who, if he is on the field, is going to box guys out and go catch the football and make explosive plays, you're already adding to a receiving core that's pretty good but doesn't have an elite number one. And as long as he's on the field, I think Galladay is maybe he's not a premier receiver, but he's in the number one kind of conversation. And this was a huge move to help out Danny Dimes, as you said. Yeah, definitely. And you got Shaky coming back too, so he's going to have weapons coming in. You're really going to be able, this is his year. You're really going to be able to see if this if this is your guy. Period. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that that's the right thing to do. I mean, the year 3 quarterback deal, we saw it with Josh Allen this past year in Buffalo, right? They went and got him Stefan Diggs. He had Cole Beasley, the the Weapons around him were a lot better. The line was a lot better, and he took him to an AFC championship game. I'm not saying that's what Jones is going to do, but you you got to at least see if you can sink or swim, and now you can't put any excuses on him as to whether you don't know. Another move that they made to up, upgrade the offense is Kyle Rudolph comes in on a two-year, $12 million deal, and I like this move a lot too because he's used to being paired with a, another elite tight end pass catcher like he had Irv Smith in Minnesota. He might help Evan Ingram out a lot. He's going to be a security blanket. Danny Dimes likes Good red zone target. Yeah. Do you think this was a good move for the Giants as well? I absolutely do. I mean, you saw so many times Ingram making mistakes, even more more importantly than even the passing game in the blocking game. He's just an absolute zero blocking. Rudolph's going to be able to clean that up, which means he's going to open up more holes for Shaky as well as giving Danny Dimes a little bit more time. I think it was a really sound and savvy move by the Giants. Final Giants move I want to talk to you about before we get away from the locals. Adore Jackson. The Giants kind of coveted him like they did Kenny Galladay, and they brought him in for three years, $39 million. I was kind of surprised when the Titans cut him loose. You're now going to be able to put him as cornerback B uh, with Bradbury being your number one. I really don't know a lot about Jackson. I know he can be productive. Um, I was surprised that Tennessee would have let him go. What do you think of this move here? I think he. I think. Listen, he's their num- He was their number one corner because Butler was just very unproductive when he moved over there from New England. And as a number two corner, I think he'll be more than substantial. I, I think. I think he. It will be more than serviceable. Excuse me. I, that's obviously their thinking too, right? And you've also got depth to that cornerback position, which is something the Giants haven't had in a long time. They can still draft a corner with number 11 too or in their second round. So I think overall, I, I am a Giants fan, obviously. I'm very, I'm fucking thrilled with what they did. And they opened the purse, spring, purse strings, and I, I think that this is something that you can finally feel they good about. They did it smartly, though, and that's the whole point. They didn't throw money at random guys that they've done a little bit in the past. I mean, I guess re-signing Nate Solder, but their first mistake was going out and getting Nate Solder in the first place. Yeah, and honestly, right now, the Nate Solder deal doesn't look bad because they restructured it like crazy. He's making pretty much nothing, and now he's a swing tackle. Mm-hmm. And he gives an experience to a pretty inexperienced and young offensive one. Definitely. The last point I want to make on the Giants is I don't really blame them for making moves because one, you got to surround Danny Dimes. You got to see what you got in year three and two. 
this division can absolutely be had. I know Dak's coming back on the big money deal, and the Cowboys are most likely going to be the favorites to win the division with the dumpster fire of the Eagles and my boy Fitzmagic leading the Washington Redskins. I mean, excuse me, the Washington football Easy. team. Caught myself there. Caught myself. Yep, good um, job. Thank you. Um, but again, the Cowboys, you just never know with them because that defense is so bad. It's so bad. So and this division can be had. It, it very much can be. I mean, shit, man, they almost won it last year with six wins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, if you go 8-8, eight eight, you might win the division this year. I think so. I think eight, it's going to be eight, a 9-win, nine nine 10-win win seasons. Games. Yeah, 17 games. Um, I, I think it's going to be a 10 or 11 win. I think the Cowboys are going to be pretty good this year. When we do our preview, I might pick Dak for MVP or Offensive Player of the Year. Um. I have been looking at his rookie cards, by the way, um, thinking Ayo. about investing. Um, but uh, listen, the Giants and the Jets are making sound moves, and New York sports is on the come up all around, in my opinion, aside from my Johnnies. <laughs> aside from your Johnnies. Well, listen, if they're the exception, I think we can all be pretty much happy. Um, yeah, I think both locals, uh, they, they did a really good job in their, in their respective free agent moves. Let's talk about these... Two blockbusters. Obviously, Friday, it was so great because it was right after the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. Yep. And the NFL's like, hold my beer. Um, we're just going to take care of business. The first trade, I was like, okay, I get it. And then the, the follow-up, we're going to break it down, obviously, just had me and my friend who were hanging out all day just scratching my head. I didn't even know about the second trade because I hadn't looked at my phone all day. And then he told me, and I was like, what's going on right now? Yeah, dude, that one really surprised me. Miami is fucking active. Let's break it down. Um, let's break down the first trade. So the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins made a trade. The Dolphins are exchanging the number three pick for the number 12, two future firsts, and a third, right? In 2022, yep. In 2022. Now, people, stick with us because they did not hold on to that for very long. Sean, why don't you break down the Eagles trade with the Dolphins for me? Because this one, I, maybe you understand it better than I do, what what their logic was here. I wish I could give you a great answer. But, yeah, so the deal was Miami saying, nah, we don't really like 12. Let's move up to six. Eagles at six say, okay, yeah, we'll move you. And then they're also taking on the 100. 23rd pick and a 2022 first so their look here is okay we're still going to get the number 12 pick we're going to get a we're going to get a third in this year's draft and then we're also going to go get a first round pick next year this one did made me scratch my head too uh, philly they're they were at number six i think they realized they weren't going to get a quarterback anyway but i don't know what the fuck they're doing man i really have no idea what this team i don't is know what doing. the dolphins are doing either because i mean Philly, fine. You're going to commit to Jalen Hurts. You're going to move back and get another first-round pick for this. But they essentially traded the number three overall pick for this. They moved back for the six overall pick for a, a, to get another first-round draft pick. Yeah, I you got to hold on to two out of that. I, I don't know. I can make a little bit more sense out of that for them, though, because they got the draft capital that they wanted from San Francisco. What do you, what do you mean, though? They got they gave up, uh, whether it's their pick or, or San Francisco's pick, they gave up one of those picks, so they essentially traded a two-for-one, which is, like, not the going rate. Yeah, but at number three, 
you're going to be reaching for a player that's not a quarterback. And if San Francisco says we want to get three, then that's when you can decide that you can move up to six because now it's six with there being talk. And we can get into the Jets angle about this too after we talk San Fran. There's talks that legitimately, bro, that the first four picks in this draft are going to be quarterbacks. So at number six, the Dolphins now are in position to get to a Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. At number 12, they weren't going to do that. So they said, okay, we don't need three. We're going to use that pick now to move back up to six. Two was our guy. And there still is this chance, and I had this in the back of my mind after I processed what the fuck happened. I still think that they believe there's a chance that Russell Wilson gets moved, and they want to make sure that they have the most attractive assets for a team that may not be the New York Jets to go get him. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes a little more sense if they're if they're going out to get another guy, they still hold on to an extra first round draft pick. But I mean, I guess the Niners are are looking at Trey Lance or um or Justin Fields, right? I mean, because we can go into the Jets now. All in all, it looks like they're taking Zach Wilson, or they're they're heavily thinking about it, unless they trade out of this spot somehow. Maybe there's a team waiting in the weeds that we don't know about. And to be honest, Sean, I know you're going to ask me, so I'm just going to go ahead and answer it before you do. As a resident Jets fan, I, I don't know how I feel about it. And, and quite honestly, I don't really like it um, right now because Zach Wilson is Sam Darnold of a few years ago with a little bit stronger of an arm. He's not a sure thing. We don't know. And I don't really want to spend a number two overall pick for that. I'd rather another team make that pick and us go get some more draft capital in order to maybe trade for a quarterback because I don't think this movement is stopping anytime soon. And I'd rather have as much capital as I can to go out and get the next unhappy quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that was really well phrased at the end there. I, I Listen, man. Although I will preface, oh, I will say this in follow-up to that. This quote-unquote movement, nothing has happened yet. So it, right now it is just a farce of a movement because it's not like the NBA where, shit, if somebody asks for a trade within within two weeks it happens. These guys are just talking about it. Watson, obviously, um, we don't know what the hell is going on there and we're not talking about it because – we already said that, and, and then Wilson hasn't been moved. So I don't know if this is actually a movement or it's an attempt at a movement. I, I don't know. I still want feels, the capital. Yeah, it feels like the momentum was going there, and now with Watson, I'm just going to obviously say he's off the table for any kind of conversation, uh, including amongst GMs trying to go maybe get him. Is this, to me, a 1,000% confirmed that the Jets are taking Zach Wilson, and I'll tell you why. If the 49ers are going to move heaven and earth to get number three. They're doing it for a quarterback. They they have a quarterback that they've identified as to whether they're going to start him this year or they're going to let Garoppolo finish up this year and then insert him into 2022. They have a guy on their radar who they obviously very much want. Why would you stop at three, though? They obviously called the Jets or had some kind of conversations with the Jets or had executives across the league offices saying the Jets are not trading this pick because why would you not move up to number two? So if you're not moving up to number two and you're stopped at three when all the smokescreen says the Jets are taking Zach Wilson, obviously that's what's going to happen. So a 49ers obviously must have said, okay, Zach Wilson we're not going to get. Trevor Lawrence we're obviously not going to get. One of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Wilson is who we want. So that's that's where they settled. And then Mac Wilson. 
or Mac Wilson. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Sorry, Mac Wilson was an Mac Mac Wilson was an offensive lineman for Alabama, so I always get those two mixed up. But yeah, um, Mac Jones is in, is in the conversation. Mac Wilson too. rhymes with Zach Wilson. We all know why you made that mistake. Yeah, and Mac Wilson also played offensive line in Alabama. <laughs> Whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, to me, it just unequivocally says the Jets are taking Zach Wilson, and it's not close. And everybody now knows that. The entire contingency of the Jets, LaFleur, the OC, Salah, the head coach, and uh, Douglas, the GM, went to watch Wilson at his pro day on Friday. It's happening. And I'm not, you, you said everything perfectly. You really don't have a reason to come up with a complete judgment. Now it's just a matter of is there any conceivable world in which Darnold continues to stay on the roster? And they need to trade year? him, they need to get what they can for him. They haven't signed another backup, though. Like, can you see a world in which he starts and Wilson backs up? I can't. That would be the most dumb thing I've ever heard of. But is it totally make me sick to my stomach? But it's it's not out of the question. (laughs) Right. Listen, perfect scenario, perfect world. If they do take Wilson, it's like I have a friend, probably the only Chargers fan in the world, who's a massive Chargers fan. And last year during the draft, he was texting me saying he really wanted to and he hated the Herbert trade. Let's just re-sign Phil up and roll it back and work for next year. And now he did a complete 180. He would legitimately, I think, take a bullet for Herbert. (laughs) Yeah, man, a lot of people fucking feel that way about Herbert now. But, hey, I didn't love Herbert coming out of Oregon, but you surround him with a pretty good offense. He's going to look pretty good if, if he has any talent at all. Uh, Wilson coming to the Jets would be kind of in the same position as Darnold. I think their offensive line is better than what it was when Darnold got there. I think they have a few more weapons than when Darnold first got there, but you can't have them both on the roster. Darnold's going to be gone at, at the latest by by draft day. Yeah, you could see the Jets moving him for a second or a third round pick on draft day. I could absolutely see that. Maybe Pittsburgh jumps in or, or another team like that. You never know. Um, right now, I'm, I'm not commenting on, commenting on it. I mean, if Zach Wilson's our starter next year, I don't know. I'm going to buy another Ally Express jersey and have it right next to the garbage can uh, until he proves otherwise. Yeah, that's really all you have to do. It's, you can't be too sure with anything anymore, especially after Frenchie talked about it the last time he was on the pod about how quarterbacks did that deep dive on how quarterbacks are just never given time anymore. I mean, that four or five year run that quarterbacks always used to get if they were high draft picks, those days are done. You might get three if you're lucky. Three seems to be the three seems to be it for now. It does. And that's why the giants did what they did to your point. So I'm fascinated by a lot of this. Um, Garoppolo, they say they're not trying to move him. The Patriots say they're not interested in him after resigning cam, which means it's happening, right? He's going to new England. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, Cam, we talked about Cam. We broke down Cam's deal. He's signed as a very cheap backup, so they could make the move in a heartbeat. Yeah, Garoppolo, you could do worse than having Garoppolo start the season and mentoring a really young quarterback. I think Atlanta 4 is really interesting to me. And Miami moving to 6, they're going to get an elite playmaker for Tua or or a top O-lineman, whichever they prefer. One of those will be there. And then for the Eagles, the last part of this whole equation, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They are a dumpster fire. There's reports that Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, wants Hurts 
to be the guy and to not even talk about another quarterback all day. They just brought Joe Flacco in, who's now talking about how he doesn't want a mentor and he wants to be the starter and thinks mm. he's the starter. It's it's a beautiful thing. To, you just love to see it. Philly doesn't. Philly's bad. You don't deserve. They don't deserve anything good. I guess that is a way to find your quarterback. Is even if he's not good, which we don't know whether Hurts is good or not. You just for, you, you as the owner just force it down the fans' throats and the rest of the NFL's throats. That's you know you could do that. The Jets could do that with Darnold or Wilson. <laughs> yeah, listen. Hey, anytime the owner is making organizational decisions, and we've seen this head coach seem like he's already a lame duck. Uh, not 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 looking too pretty in Philly, but definitely a huge day in the NFL on Friday, and we're only four weeks from Thursday is uh, is draft day. Absolutely. Speaking of trades, you ready to move on to some NBA? I definitely am. E- exciting trade deadline. All the names that were floating around, aside from who didn't get moved. Kyle Lowry didn't Kyle get Lowry. moved. Kyle Lowry. Aside from Kyle Lowry, his name was was deceiving me. There seemed to have gotten moved. Why don't we run down the list, Sean? I'm sure you got it in front of you or in your brain, and, and let's just get it moving, and then we'll move right on to the buyout guys, excluding Blake Griffin, because I think we already talked about that. It was about two weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about Blake. Also, guys not moved real fast. Lonzo Ball, there was lots of talk about him getting moved. He wasn't, and John Collins of Atlanta didn't get moved either. I like those non-moves. I don't Me know too. about Lowry. I think to, I'm surprised actually by Lowry because I figured Masai Ujiri will will sell his entire not sell but move his entire family if it got him a better draft pick or it got him some some young players. So I'm surprised he didn't. But hey, maybe the market wasn't there for Lowry. He does have a thirty plus million dollar contract, which is tough to match in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers were apparently pretty much done, and they probably have done they've been the closest to two trades without not getting done of any team lately between Harden and Lowry I'll tell you what Uh, the Harden trade I know the Rockets were the ones who vetoed that just because they wanted the draft capital slash I think their owner is out of his mind because he didn't want to trade with Daryl instead of getting Ben Simmons who's a sure thing but this one I don't really blame the Sixers for not pulling the trigger on it I'd rather get George Hill basically for free no, it sounds like they were ready to pull the trigger. It sounds like it was Toronto, in fact, that didn't end up pulling the trigger. Well, you know what? Honestly, weird. it works out better for them because I think George Hill for free is better than giving up a ton for Kyle Lowry for a year, who may sign in Miami next year or go back to Toronto. Slightly disagree with you there. George Hill's a really nice complimentary player, and he's going to help that team. Kyle Lowry's a difference maker if he goes to the if he goes to the Sixers. You're right. He may put him over the top, but at the same time, with Embiid's injury and the Nets being what they are right now, they might say, "Let's run it back next year and and see what we got. Maybe we can sign Lowry in the off season, because if Embiid's hurt and if this if this injury persists, then it doesn't matter who you sign." Sure, I, I, I'm just saying that it seemed like Philly was all in to do it, but. It was the Raptors that pulled back. But anyway, the Raptors did make a trade, and they traded Norman Powell in a head-scratcher to me to Portland. Now, I'll just say this. I watched the Nets-Portland game couple or on uh, Tuesday of last week, and I don't know how they lost that game. It was Harden and pretty much nobody else, and Harden was very compromised. Dame didn't do anything in the fourth quarter. As a matter of fact, he was locked down by Nicholas Claxton, who was a center. And I guess they said Norman Powell is a huge upgrade, but they they traded Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood, which who I think are two pretty good players. Gary Trent Jr. is a, a good three point shooter. What do you take from this trade with Norman Powell going to the Pacific Northwest? I think Norman Powell 
might not be a better player than those two combined, but I think he's a better fit. I think that they're going to want to run. McCollum looks like he's kind of picked up where he left off at the beginning of the year um, in most games. And just a third guard, that's a guy that you need to play a lot. He didn't have enough size to defend the bigger guys. Um, and then Hood wasn't getting enough run out there, so that made getting rid of Hood made enough sense made sense to me. He kind of plays that mellow position, uh, no defense and a little bit of scoring, and Mellow's better at it, um, even at this point in his career than Rodney Hood. And Pal gives him more size. He can do. He's not as good of a three point shooter, but he can still knock down the three, and he can create off the dribble a little bit more than Trent Jr. And he plays really hard. He's been on a roll too. Toronto said there was apparently 12 or 14 teams that were in after I believe him, so. it. He's been great. Yeah, yes. So so good move there. They kind of blew it up but didn't. Um, and Portland gets an upgrade. I, I, I see your point. I kind of was confused because I thought those two players were good. But, yeah, I think Powell no, I don't get. I agree with you. They are good, but they just weren't – they weren't a great fit, and I think this makes Portland better, sometimes addition by subtraction. I can respect that because right now – now they're sitting at the sixth seed right now in the West, so they're they're trying to make moves, obviously, to eliminate any chance of doing that play-in game. Yeah, because if you get into the seven, you're in there, and you don't want to be sitting at six. No, no, especially with a lot of run left in this regular season. Um, Orlando had a huge fire sale, and I'm glad they finally did. I just want to say this. With Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaacs out for the year, they clearly weren't going to compete. They've been in this weird mode of mediocrity, but kind of making the playoffs every year. And they finally said, we're not going to do that this year. We don't care about being in the play-in, and we're going to get rid of these guys. Starting with Nikola Vucevic. And the Bulls emerged as the winner here. They got him uh, for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter Jr., and the Bulls' 2021 first-round pick in 2023. Or 2021 pick this year and a 2023 first. Um, Were you surprised that the Bulls were the team that you went to? I was a bit surprised, but I think Wendell Carter was being misused there with Markinen, and I think Vucevic is a much more established player. I actually like – I think this is a win-win trade, which is a rarity for both teams. I agree with you. I, I thought that both teams made out really well here. Yeah, and I love Vooch. I, I think he's going to be great. They also trade the Bulls also traded for Daniel Tice. Uh, I don't know why the Celtics made that deal because I think Tice is like twenty times better than um, who, Mo, Wagner. They get? Mo Wagner. Who I mean, he's bounced around. Shout out to Michigan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think even with Tice there, Vooch is going to figure out a way to play with him, and I think he's going to play really well in the pick and roll with their ball handlers being um, Levine as well as what's his name, Kobe White. Yeah, and they're the ten seed right now. So again, they're they're the Bulls are so they're trying to position themselves to get as far away from the play in game as they po- play in tournaments they possibly can. Um, yeah, I like this move for both teams. I'm I'm with you on that. Orlando kept it going. Aaron Gordon, finally, we do not have to listen to the bullshit of the trade rumors every summer. And trade deadline, he's finally gone. He went to Denver for Gary Harris Jr., R.J. Hampton, and Denver's 2025 first-round pick. Give me your thoughts on this one. Steel. I really like this trade for Denver. I think he's going to take a lot of stress scoring-wise off of um, – off of the Joker as well as Jamal Murray. Gary Harris was, I think he was a, the main change of scenery guy in the NBA. I think he's a talented player and he's a little bit better offensively than he's shown. He just needed to move on. Um, and he'll have a good little career down there in Orlando. And 
I mean, I know in the draft I was high on RJ Hampton, but there just wasn't run for him because Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were obviously blocking him, and now he's going to be able to run free for the rest of the season. I think he's going to be a decent rotational player, but they're going to let him make his mistakes. Um, and Denver has just done such a good job drafting that they have to get rid of guys, it seems like, every single year. And Gordon is going to be a much better version of himself on this team. He's going to be able to do everything he did in Orlando, which was create off the dribble and whatnot when those two other, when their two main guys are off the bench. But Jokic is going to get him so many open shots, whether it be dunk lobs or corner threes, he's going to be a much more efficient player. And I think this makes Denver a hell of a lot better as well. And I think they're, what, the four seed right now? They're going to be gunning for the 2-1 seed. I don't know. They might not get to that one seed, but they're definitely gunning for the two. Yeah, they're the five seed right now, but that won't last long because the Lakers are the four, and we know the state the Lakers are in. Um, Yeah, I don't think that Aaron Gordon could have possibly gone to a better team uh, for what his skill set is and how he's going to complement uh, Jamal Murray and, and and Jokic because there was a lot of traction of him going to Boston and I thought if he went to Boston it would have been the same old shit and they would have expected so much more from him and I don't think he would have played all that well with Tatum and Brown and Kemba. I, I think that he went to a really good spot where he can use his skill set to the best of his ability and uh, he's been playing really well by the way um, I know he's always been a pretty inconsistent player, but he is a good player. So I like this move a lot for uh, for Denver. And finally, Orlando finished their fire sale by sending Evan Fournier to Boston for two seconds. Uh, for me, I think that this is a good move by Boston. Fournier has been shooting the hell out of the ball lately, and they, God damn, did they need another scorer and another shooter. And I think this was a good move for them. Yeah, he's a guy who can at times create off the dribble. Um, as well as be a catch and shoot kind of guy, and when he's engaged, he'll be. I mean, he and young in a younger Fournier career, he was a great defender, but now he can be a decent defender, which the Celtics desperately need. I think it's going to be a good fit there, and they might end up re-signing him after this. I think the Celtics should have done more, but this was a good trade for them. Yeah, I thought they should have done more too. I am happy, you know, from their perspective that they didn't overpay for Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier is going to help them a lot. You mentioned the Daniel Tice trade for Wagner. I I think that they believed they were getting Andre Drummond and um, another guy that slipped through the cracks for them. Another quick thing on Denver, they also got JaVale McGee as another rim-protecting big. So that was a good move for them. You mentioned the George Hill trade. Um from Oklahoma City to Philly. This one kind of caught me off guard. This happened late in the day. Clippers and Hawks swapped Rajon Rondo for Lou Williams. I don't know what to think of this trade because Rondo hasn't been playing. Um, What are your thoughts? Because I don't have many. I love it for the Clippers. I don't really care about it for the Hawks. He wasn't really playing there. I guess they just wanted to get a little more scoring in Lou Williams. That's weird because Lou Williams needs the ball in his hand. And Trey Young is one of maybe he'll come off the bench. He has he is a former six man of the year, but Trey Young needs the ball in his hands more than damn near every other player in the league to do anything. And he's also another defensive <laughs> liability. So I really I I don't understand what they were doing because if there's one thing Rondo can do right now, it's play defense and be a pest. I love it for the Clippers because I think Rondo's an upgrade at that Pat Beverly position. Um, he's a Honestly, in the la- in the playoffs last year, or whatever, in the bubble, Bubble Rondo was a knockdown shooter, as well as a great defender, and he's a leader. 
he's a winning player, and I, and I think he's going to make the Clippers a, a little bit better. Dude was the Lakers' third best player last year, and playoff Rondo was very much a thing. And the Clippers, we know, desperately need to upgrade that point guard position. If he does anything close to what he did with the Lakers last year, this is a great move for the Clippers, who are, let's be honest, I know they have a really good record and they're the third in the West. There is a lot to be desired there. I think Rondo's going to give them a little kick in the ass. Maybe he'll rub off on uh, Paul George a little bit too as far as getting some intensity out of him. Well, yeah, because, you know, he's a very vocal leader, and Kawhi leads by example, but he's not a vocal leader at all. I mean, I we know that. He doesn't talk at all. And the other thing is Rondo is an offensive initiator, and he can move the ball around, and he can set up your offense, and Kawhi doesn't want to do that, and he's almost been forced to do that on that team this year. Yep, totally agree. I think this was a good this was a good move for the Clippers if Rondo turns out to be what he was with the Lakers, the Lou Williams aspect of it. I it really doesn't matter much to me. Um, he'll Terrible in the playoffs a, last year, and he doesn't have anybody to run pick and roll with anymore, so it doesn't matter. Nope. Yeah, he'll he'll go be another no defense, high usage scoring guard that Atlanta loves to have. Last big one here for you, bro. We knew it was going to happen. It was not to your Knicks. Victor Oladipo goes to the Heat for Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. And before I get your thoughts on this trade, listen to this this shit stat that I saw. It's wild. So obviously, the Rockets traded James Harden. In that trade, and what ended up being the whole collection of players, Victor Oladipo, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen were traded. The Rockets don't have a single one of those players. Absolutely. Last, last point, I just realized this on the Hawks. They won like eight or nine straight, which I don't understand why they would make a trade if they're that hot. I know they fired their coach and they're playing with a new one. doesn't make sense to me if they're trying to make the playoffs, which they should be, but also it didn't make sense to me why they traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Back <laughs> to back to what we were talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm the Rockets, I hold on to Karis LeVert. He looks like a better player than Oladipo right now, and he's locked up. Point blank, period. But honestly, it's lucky for Karis LeVert because I think the Pacers' doctors are the ones who found that that issue with his kidney. Yeah. So I guess everything happens for a reason. And in that aspect, best thing for him. But for the Rockets, you should have held on to him because Ola, they offered Oladipo the bullshit two-year max. He obviously declined, which they expected. Um, so they just kind of did some fugazi, hey, we're trying here. And, and then they, they go out and they're like, oh, we have all these draft picks. You have pure trash draft picks from a bunch of good teams. This isn't like, you know, I mean, Danny Ainge, when he went and got the Nets picks, I don't even think he expected them to be that good. So you can't. No way. I hate when they, I hate when people, everybody runs it back with these draft pick trades. The same thing with, um, with the Pelicans. And even to a lesser extent, because I do think some of those picks will be good, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they always run it back to, well, look what the Brooklyn Nets turned. KG, Paul Pierce, and um, I don't remember the other person that they traded for into. Jason I mean, Terry. Yeah, Jason Terry. Look what they turned that into. They turned it into Jason Tatum. It's like they also didn't expect that. When that trade first went down, the fucking everybody was saying that the Nets were going to win the finals. You Darren know? Williams also was still an elite point guard at the time, and within the span of 18 months, he was bought out. Yeah, so these draft pick things, again, going back to the Harden thing, I said it like 10 minutes ago. I would have taken Ben Simmons 100 times out of 100 over any of these maybes 
that are draft picks that are probably going to be in the late teens, early 20s. So, yeah, sick. You have a bunch of shit draft picks that you can flip for another buyout guy somewhere else that isn't going to make your team that much better because he's a mid-range, few-time all-star. They didn't even get Jared Allen. No, I know. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. The Rockets, Houston, let me tell you, <laughs> that that's a tough sports city right now. Tough sports scene. Brutal. And, and the Astros... You know, losing cheaters. George Springer when we do our base and cheaters when we talk our baseball. We'll see I don't even we care about the cheating. Be. They're stupid because they got caught. They're stupid because they got caught and they've had their run. And yeah, Houston sports right now. Oh God, it is it is about as bad as you can get. Other than the University of Houston, I was going to say be playing in the Elite Eight, making a run there. Um, yeah, that's just an embarrassment. Um, on the Oladipo trade, I think, listen, he wanted to be in Miami for like four years. He finally got there. Um, I don't want to talk about the heat culture. I'm tired of hearing everybody else talk about it. Maybe if they get him in there surrounded by Drogic and, uh, Jimmy B and Bam and all those guys, he'll turn it around. I think he's going to be able to come off the bench, be a great scorer. Maybe he'll find that defensive prowess that he had at one point. I will say, a little side tangent to it. I'm disappointed in the Knicks for not going out and getting him just because it seems like he he literally costs nothing. Yeah, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. I mean, and you can't who, really get uh, less than who that. Kelly Olynyk will probably be bought out and or cut and probably signed with a contender. Yeah, Avery Bradley might be too. Yeah. What, what use does he have in Houston? I'm with you, man. I When I saw that this is what it took to get him, I was like, shit, I think the Knicks would have been a little bit more active. I don't want to hear about the, cult, the Heat culture either, but there is a legitimate Jimmy Butler culture, and he's not going to put up with any passive shit by Victor Oladipo. And, uh, no, he's an in-your-face type guy. Yeah, and he, you know, we saw what, how he felt about Cat and Wiggins in, in Minnesota, but I think that this is a good move for Miami. Obviously, he's a scorer, and he should be playing with his fucking ass on fire because he wants to make big money whether he either stays in Miami or whether he signs elsewhere. And now you get to do it in a play- with a playoff team on a team that's been playing really well of late who honestly might be the next closest team to the Sixers. Maybe th- – by the time the regular season's over, they might be more of a threat to the Nets than the than the Bucks. I'm just saying because we know what mm. Butler does in the playoffs, and this team was in Game Six of the NBA Finals last year, and they finally got their shit together after some COVID issues. And I think honestly, just the the quick turnaround after playing such intense basketball, I think kind of got them off to a slow start. But I think this is a good move for Oladipo and the Heat. Absolutely, and it, of course, it was a great move for the Heat. They got him for. Nothing, literally nothing. But I think they're gonna. I do think the cliches aside, I do think that if there was a team that was gonna get the most out of him, going to a team with Jimmy Butler helps. Yeah, but again, I'm gonna go back to my Knicks thing. The way the Knicks are playing this year, I think the Knicks would have gotten a hell of a lot out of him as well. I think they would have too. I don't know if it's more than the Heat, but no, I, I not think more than the he Heat. But I think he would have been a great player and he would have made himself some money. Okay, so the Knicks didn't do anything at the trade deadline. What'd you think? I was disappointed. I wanted to see them either get Oladipo or Fournier to fill in that Burks, um, Reggie Bullock position. They did make one move, but they cut both of the players that they got. Again, I was a little disappointed by that because Terrence Ferguson is costing nothing and he's a young player, but I guess they didn't see anything in him. They got rid of Austin Rivers, who I think was bought out. Some of these deals I really don't understand why they why they do these trades just to cut the guys. Um, I don't know. Can you enlighten me on that? Is there some money thing involved? I don't know. It's 
money and their assets, at least that teams are trying to get rid of that. I mean, I use the assets kind of in air quotes, but you know, assets. I mean, all those guys were practically on one year, but they have, they're, they're parts of trades though. I mean, like they have like that three team trade rivers money was going to work. And there wasn't anybody else that the Knicks were going to part with that was making anything close to him. And you can't give up Knox in that trade. You can't give up, uh, you know, uh, Theo Pinson in that trade. So you're, you're kind of stuck with, okay, we finally have Austin Rivers. We'll make the money work, and then he's going to go to Oklahoma City. He's going to buy him out. It's just logistics more so than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed the Knicks being stagnant. I think the Knicks are probably going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. They're playing the tougher part of their schedule. They're starting to play a little bit below 500 basketball post-All-Star game. Three wins in a row, though. Not three wins in a row, but, I mean, look at their schedule, man. No, it's, I'm with you, dude. It's a gauntlet, and I, I, I'm just, I don't think they're going to make it to that tensity. If they do, I'm going to be happy. I, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm pleasantly surprised with the season. Um, if they end up in the lottery, I'm not going to be disappointed either. Um, listen, maybe they, maybe they go out and they get a big free agent next year. Whoever's on the docket. Well, one thing we didn't talk about. Bradley Beal was not moved, by the way. No, Bradley Beal was not moved, and didn't sound like that was going to happen. Wasn't at even all. talks but, of it. No. Um, we'll talk about LeBron in a second when we get to Drummond and the Lakers, but the, the LaMelo injury, I think, really hurt Charlotte. Obviously, no shit. He was Rookie of the Year. At least, I won't necessarily say front runner, but he's in the top two. No, he was and a runaway. Him, Who else was it? Halliburton, maybe? I'm honestly thinking Halliburton, yeah. He was the only other one. Yeah, I, I think Halliburton probably takes that award unless ha- Wiseman has a huge third quarter to the season. Um I can't really nah, think of any other guys. I mean, Edwards has been filling it up lately, but he's also taken 25 shots a game to get those 30 points. On the worst team in the NBA. So yeah. I, 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 that's why I said he may, Lonzo, or, uh, LaMelo may not have been the front runner, but he was in the top two and he easily could have won, especially in I think he was. I think he was absolutely the front runner. I think he was running. And you know what? We said at the beginning of the year that he was going to be all over House of Highlights and they were going to blow him up and it was going to be bullshit. But you know what? No, he was playing great. He was. So all kings, anything else, you know, aside is the fact that that hurt Charlotte. And I don't know what Charlotte is now without without LaMelo Ball. So you're the Knicks are now in that conversation. I know their schedule is tough, but they they lost two games to Philly. One, they were up 14 heading into the fourth and one. They, I think, only lost by one point. Yeah, and it was close the whole time. So they are playing these teams. I know last night Milwaukee didn't play any of their top guys but they are they are beating every team that they should beat, which is what playoff teams do and they also are hanging with a lot of these better teams where i mean they easily could have beaten the nets that night too i'm not saying that you're going to win a lot of those games but if you can win a couple of them you're you're in a better spot because i don't think that charlotte or chicago or any teams like that, the Hawks, I know they've been winning a lot lately. Even the Celtics, I mean, they're really, they've been floundering. I, I don't see any of those teams beating the top echelon teams in the league either. Absolutely. Your Crimson Tide is up by one now, by the way. This, they've been going oh, quite wow. a run. Um, How my much backs, time left? Uh, last time I saw it, it was a minute 51. My back's to the TV, but I just happened to look over my shoulder when I was ignoring you there. Um, oh, nice. Just nice. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a minute 51 left in the game. They are leading by a point, but I have UCLA plus 7.5, so let's just keep our fingers crossed that UCLA doesn't doesn't just pack it in. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. The, the more we talk about it, the Knicks are definitely still in it. I'd like to see them get into the play-in game. I don't know, maybe I'll go to a game if I can sneak into the garden. Um, <laughs> don't heckle too much, though. Dolan's going to kick your ass right out. I, I, but Bro, when that first happened, I said it would be great for the pot if I got tossed and banned. No, that's very much true. <laughs> I'm rooting for it. Never mind. You ready to talk buyouts? Yeah, let's do it. First, before we talk buyouts, I just want to talk Kyrie real quickly. Second leave of absence. This one was like, a, I think he actually told them he was going to leave kind of thing. Uh, yeah, his of fiance had their first kid. What? His fiance had their first kid. That's fair. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's already. I didn't realize been, that they already said he's playing tomorrow. I thought because when I when I heard it, it was just an LOA, and I was like, "Oh God, Jesus Christ, not again!" But well, congratulations to Kyrie. I believe this is his second kid, first one. Second kid, okay. Well, I don't know if it's with the same person, but he's got two kids. That's all I know. All right. Well, that's that's congratulations to him. Congrats to Kyrie. Also, I'm just gonna say this: I'm so over the drama with the Kyrie shit. It's like. Listen, if the rest of the team is like, okay, let him do what he wants to do, and Harden's going to continue to play 40 minutes a night, and they're going to win games, if he wants to be the a much better version of Dennis Rodman and take these hiatuses because it's going to get the most out of him late in the season, and the team's fine with it, I could give a shit less. I, I completely agree with you. Let's just hope they get to the end of the season. The thing was, it worked for Dennis Rodman. Kyrie Irving, we have yet to see it yet because when he pulled this bullshit with the Celtics, he fell apart in the playoffs, so... Let's see it happen, and after that, I will be on the exact same page as you. Um, Is KD coming back this year, probably playoff time? They said he's back next week. Wow, okay. We'll have to see about that. Honestly, honestly, the way they're playing and they're winning games that they're supposed to be winning and and they're doing just fine, I would treat him with the kiddiest of kid gloves. That's what they're doing, and and they're so cautious. Their medical staff is... is you know, top of the line. It was their doctor that did the surgery on Katie's uh, Achilles. Listen, the hamstrings, nothing to be fucked with. I treat this the same way I treat the Stanton and the judges of the world, where as long as you're winning in the regular season, just get them right for the postseason. And I don't care what else. Uh, they said that Katie's been playing four on four and looks really good in practices and looks fully healthy. This week upcoming, they're playing the Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Hornets, and the Bulls. So I don't think there's any reason to rush him back. And Harden is having the time of his life playing 40 minutes a night and scoring 40 a night doing Rockets Harden stuff. So uh, fine with me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, do, I am a firm believer in getting a little tune-up before the playoffs. You don't want to just jump right in, but it's still early. Yeah, he'll get a month of playing time in before the playoffs start. So I think good. that's perfect. All right, let's talk buyouts. Um, run me up and down the list here. I know Drummond just signed with the Lakers. Uh, if you want to start with that one. Yeah, let's start with Drummond to the Lakers because there was a lot of talks about where he was going to go. Um, first of all, he wasn't traded, which I wasn't surprised by. Who wants to pay that price? But I did think the Knicks could have used him. We, we talked about that. I thought he was going to be going to the Celtics because the Celtics had a great meeting with him, but LeBron did his did his uh, recruiting, and, and Drummond ends up there. And goddamn, did they need him because with LeBron hurt and AD hurt, and you now you don't have to rush him back, he's going to be able to start at center and get a lot of run at center, kind of fill that Dwight role once the playoffs come. I think he's looking at this situation saying, I can make myself a fuck ton of money because I'm going to be playing a lot and I have a chance at a, at a ring. I think it was a no-brainer for him, and I'm not really surprised. 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's, like you said, the best of both worlds for him. If everybody was healthy, maybe he goes to the Celtics to try and secure the bag. But now he's going to get all the PT he needs and all the and all the numbers he needs on a much bigger stage than in Detroit. Where was he? No, excuse me, yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah well, Detroit Cleveland. as well. Um, and, and then after that, when everybody's ready to come back, he's got a really, really good chance at a ring. Yeah, I think it was a no-brainer for both the Lakers, Brass, and for and for Drummond. Um, he was the biggest name on the buyout market, and it wasn't close. The thing that I get with him is, I still you still can't play him late. And there were so many Net fans and so many people in the Nets world that wanted him. And I'm like, listen, he's a dominant rebounder. He's he's a he's a hell of an offensive force for his size and down low, but you don't run plays for him. His style of play is antiquated in the NBA, and he cannot shoot a free throw to save his goddamn life. So he's still not playing late in the game. And if you're going to commit so much to a guy like that, either via trade or in the buyout market, you better have use for him that's not late in games. And I looked around at some of the other contenders. Philly doesn't need him. And I really don't think the Nets needed him. I, I, I don't think that they needed him at all. And I think when you're looking at the totality of the league, the Lakers made the most sense. Absolutely. And I think the Nets got the guy that better fits what they're trying to do in LaMarcus Aldridge. I still think, given on a good team, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. I guess we'll segue into him. And if you split him and Blake's minutes, I think that they're going to end up being a, a pretty good player combined. Blake the other night against the Pistons had 18 points and nine boards and he played 20 minutes and now you're going to get Aldridge to be able to do something like that too when eventually he comes back I I bet you the Nets are super cautious with him and it'll be about two weeks before we see him suit up but I I couldn't believe it like I literally couldn't believe that he signed because every single indication even before he was officially bought out was he yeah yeah no I mean I I that's a perfect uniform for him. I really saw him in a heat uniform, but you should be happy as as whatever, a pig in shit, because I think he's definitely going to make a huge impact on this team offensively. And then he's going to make up, him and Blake are going to make up for Claxton and DeAndre's deficiencies offensively, and those two guys can go get it on defense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, DeAndre doesn't do anything other than pick and roll, and you need his you need his body against somebody like an Embiid. You need six fouls just, is what you need. Yeah, exactly. And Claxton is just so fucking active, man. And I, I love the way he's played. He couldn't be – he's obviously kind of like the Bruce Brown of centers because all he has to do is play really good defense, run the court, and have James Harden or Kyrie lob him alley-oops for 14 points a night. He couldn't be developing with a better team. But this is – this team is going to win because they have – High IQ basketball players in the game, late in games. Jeff Green is in that list too. Bruce Brown. You've got Blake. You've got LaMarcus Aldridge. It, this team, it's it's crazy that they've become a premier destination. I mean, Aldridge could have gone pretty much anywhere. He sacrificed so much. Him, like Blake, signed them for the for the vet minimum to play maybe 16 minutes a night and in the playoffs maybe 14, maybe 10. Ring chasing, man. Yeah, I mean, I, it's crazy. And by the way, f- fanboy here, so sick and tired of the fucking bullshit hate about the Nets. The Nets, are, four years ago, they won 20 games. Hate on the Lakers, they're the Lakers. Hate on the Celtics, they're the Celtics. Other teams. To hate on the Brooklyn Nets, I think, is the weakest fucking move. All right, I'm not hating. 
I know you're not, but there's a lot of hate after they got Aldridge. Oh, and it's like, it's, this isn't Blake and Aldridge from 2015. Yeah, exactly. They're, These, they're, they're, they're fucking buyout them. guys, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. They're just names, so. but you know what? They're going to put up numbers, and they still have skills. They do, especially the way the Nets will use them. And, and with that, this team's not winning without a healthy KD. Point no, blank. not at all. Not at all. So get him healthy. Anything else on the NBA? No, I mean, you mentioned the Hawks. They've been playing really well. The Celtics, I know they blew out Milwaukee the other night, but that was on the second half of a back-to-back when they got killed by the Bucks. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what this Fournier trade does for them, man, because they really, I mean, I looked at the standings, I think it was Thursday or Friday, and the Knicks had a better record than them. Yeah, they need, they need Kemba to get healthy. That's it. And play is like he did last year. Is there something more problematic with them i feel like every time we talk about him it's the same old narrative but more more weeks go by i could see stevens getting canned there i could really see stevens getting canned within the next year or two if this keeps up it's so underachieving absolutely um all right you ready to talk some mlb real quick yeah man let's do it little yanks talk little yanks talk um i guess we're not going to mention this on our preview just because we're running down the entire league um, so get into some Yankees for me. Luke Voigt is out until May. Uh, what does he have? Partially torn meniscus. That's great. Well, maybe you slide. What are you thinking here? We slide Jay Bruce over to first base, and then my guy um, Dietrich officially makes the team. I wish I could say the second part's true. Um, Did he Jay get Bruce, cut yet? Yeah, he got cut the other day. Oh come on, man. Yeah, cash. I, I love Dietrich, man. He's just such a great energy guy, and he'll produce, and I love his versatility. But Bruce was apparently not going to make it. They were going to pick Talkman, but then with the with the injury to to um, Voight, you gotta you gotta have somebody to play first. And so Bruce is going to be the well, primary Ford. first baseman. No, Jay Bruce is a much better option than Ford. I don't, don't forget how bad Ford was last year. Yeah, very true. <laughs> hey, so he can bad. he can hit the ball deep every once in a while. He so, can, but Ivy League player. Ivy League player, and there's a reason he was in the minors for 10 years. Um, Jay Bruce is a professional hitter. I mean, he reminds me a lot of when the Yankees signed Kendris Morales a few years ago in the midst of their injury stretch. I mean, I I think he's going to at least be a threat in the lineup where a pitcher has to pay attention to him. He can use that short porch. And you really just need a few good months out of him. I mean, it's we know it's no official Yankee season without another injury coming out of camp before the season starts. Um, Talkman made the roster, too, which I found interesting. They didn't trade him. It, it's They have so many outfielders, but those were the moves that were made. Um, we'll talk rotation in a second. But I think this team has a trade in them, man. I, they need another pitcher. Uh, we're, they, we need to we do. need to move on from we need to shit or get off the pot with Andahar, which we can't do because we have too many position players. I understand that there is injury risk throughout the season, but he's much much more than a depth piece, and you need to get what you can out of him. Tyler Wade is a depth piece. Yeah, Tyler Wade may not even make the roster, which is crazy. Which is another reason why I'm upset that Dietrich didn't make the team. Dietrich can pick it at first base, Cash. If you're listening, he has played first in his career before. Uh, if Bruce just, I don't know, turns turns an ankle or something. Yeah, and and I think he's still going to be out there. Those kinds of guys you can always get. Uh, they did set their rotation today, so kind of interesting here. Um, they're going to go Cole game one. They're going to go Kluber game two. They're going to go Herman game three. 
Monty four. They're going back to Cole for five. And then Tyon will make his Yankee debut in the sixth game of the season, which will be the final game of a series against the Orioles. And they pretty much just chalked it up to this guy's coming off Tommy John. We don't want to rush him back. We don't want to put too many innings under his belt to start. Cole wants to pitch every fifth day. And then Debbie Garcia got sent to AAA, but they said they're going to use a six starter, which I would assume will be him. I like Devy out of the pen, man. I don't know. I don't know how I like Devy out of I like Devy out of the pen too, but I think he's earned the right to start. Let him build up his innings then. And and for that six starter, five innings. Yeah, really all you need. Absolutely, and I think Devy can be a, a number two starter in this league at some point. It's maybe number comment three. To, it's an interesting comment to make from somebody who just said you like him better out of the pen. I, right now, currently, right now, I like him out of, better out of the well, pen. Well, how are you going may... to find out he's a number two if you don't let him start? I agree with you, but they, they're too. They have too many starters right now, and, and I think he's. I just like him on the MLB roster better than wasting his time down in AAA. Well, he he's going to AAA to stay stretched out. You need to have somebody who's going to come up because injuries are inevitable. And yeah, I know. I understand. I, yeah, I, you just, have I want him on the I'd big rather, squad. I want him in pinstripes. He's going he's gonna to come up. It's just it's a matter of when, and he's going to be a mainstay in the rotation. It's just I, you don't want him pitching out of the pen. All right, fine. Because then Fair you enough. run into Jabba and Hughes all over again. You're right. Kind of I, was, I literally thought about Jabba. I literally yeah. thought about Jabba. Um all right, we got any other Yankees stuff, or you want to talk PGA real quick? Let's do PGA real fast, man, before we tie a bow on this thing. Yeah, PGA, um, Billy Horschel won the Dell today in match play. Uh, another one of my guys. I've added a sixth guy into my guys. I, I like a lot of golfers. I, I mean, but Dustin Johnson isn't one of my guys. I just like him. Ricky Fowler's half my guy. JT, I like him, but he's not my guy. I've already told you who my guys are. It's Finau, Blair, Max Homa, Kepka, Tommy Fleetwood, and Scotty Scheffler. But i got to say it, Scotty Scheffler, who was Rookie of the Year last year on the PGA Tour, choked today. You got you got your crew, man. Yeah, that, gotta, those are my six guys. And, but he choked today. He was in place. It was a match play tournament, which you don't see often. It's obviously always 99.9% of the time stroke play. And Horschel... Lay, did what you're supposed to do in match play. After he got the lead, he laid it up. He made pars, and Scotty Shuffler was going for it on every single hole, and he shanked a lot of shots, and he, his wedges were not working for him. His putter definitely wasn't working for him, and he's usually a clutch putter, and it was just it was a bad way to lose, um, and it hurt my feelings. And then Joel Damon won down in Putacana. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy to see Joel Damon, another guy who I like. He's not one of my guys, but I like him. Uh, get a win, um, and we don't really have anything for next week. I think they're, they're, it's down in uh, San Antonio. They're playing, Sean. If you want to make a trip down there, well, there was there was a tur- there was a tournament being played twenty two minutes from me. Yeah, to the Austin. I just yeah, yeah. I just spoke about that. Yeah. Come so on, I was going to say I didn't know that they were going to do San Antonio in a say in a week in a row. Yeah, they're they going to bounce over. They're going to bounce over to San Antonio for uh, TPC. I don't know what it's called. Um, don't really care. That tournament is nothing because the following week, which we will talk about in depth next week, is the Masters. Oh hell yeah! 
So we have that coming out. Um, I believe it's the week of the 8th, uh, the Thursday through Sunday there. Um, we'll have that next week. We've got too much going on this week between MLB and, and the pod we just are about to finish up. We will talk about that next week. I'm giddy. Real fast, thoughts on what the course was like in Austin? Because now being here, I'm wondering what it looked like. I didn't watch any of the tournament, obviously, but what'd you take away from the course? How's it look? <laughs> it looked it looked beautiful. Uh, they had a lot of fans there. Like like twenty. They said it was up to twenty percent capacity. I mean, I know they have those no mask things down there with those fucking idiots in Texas. Well, you know, the, the state is a hundred percent open, so Austin is probably the only reason it was twenty. Because if it yeah. was in San Antonio, it'll be a hundred. That it'll probably be the first tournament that's that's at that capacity. It'll be interesting to see. It was cool to see fans again, and obviously, Scotty Scheffler, being a former Texas Longhorn, was getting a lot of oohs and ahs from the crowd. Disappointing way to end because I know they would have exploded had he won. Um, but it, it, the course looked gorgeous. Honestly, I would love to play there. Well, maybe we'll figure out a way to get you down here and, and play it at some point. Play that course, yeah. Good luck, God bless on that one. <laughs> I said at some point, not yeah. anytime soon. Okay, yeah, maybe after we blow <laughs> yeah. up. Um, yeah. Anything else from you? No, I just want to know: Do you have a score on the Bama UCLA game right now? Uh, they're in a replay right now. Let me turn around. Bama just made a big time three, um, and they're sixty-five, uh, sixty-five. Damn! How much time left? OT. OT. Starting. Oh, shit. Yeah. So right. somebody hit a shot to send to OT, so I don't know if you're rooting for Bama. I don't really care. Just keep the game close, UCLA, and I will be happy with that within seven points. Thank you. Um, nothing else from you? You've been doing anything fun, anything interesting? We got any news? What do we got? Finally got a job down here, bro. So I, you mentioned that to me it. off. I didn't know if we were going to we let the fans know. Congratulations. Clap it up. Thank you. Thank Golf you. clap Come- for you. A couple right over from the country club. Yeah, a couple months, uh, a couple months of unemployment. Uh, Welcome back, be back to the employment world. Unfortunately, uh, we can't all stay. We can't all be retired, uh, which sucks. Um, but congratulations, man! I'm happy. The plan's starting to uh, come to fruition down there. Um, That's it. Big things to come for Sean for us. Um, you haven't been watching anything? Have you just been staring at a blank wall, which seems like you've been doing since, I don't know, a couple weeks ago? Since I moved back home, which was in February, <laughs> you've had literally nothing for me. I have Have you finished the book you. I sent you? I have, dude. Great book. Great Good. book. Good to hear. Really enjoyed the read. Uh, Cousin Sal. I mean, his stories, you're, you're laughing out loud. Um, so definitely enjoyed that. Well, I mean, I was doing a lot. I was, you know, applying for jobs, interviewing for jobs and all that. But when you're not getting them, you don't really want to talk about them. So it's much better to give good news. Other than that, I mean, the weather's been fucking great. So going out to places um, that are still safe. and Mask you know, on. Mask, mask always on. And the week, the week seems to go by pretty fast, but the weather's been good here. Um, weeks seem to go by pretty fast, honestly. Um, I'm I don't curious. know what it's like for you up there. Well, it was beautiful yesterday. I played a top 15 course in New York State yesterday. Um, I ended up playing golf today in the pouring rain, and the main reason why I did was because I wanted to make sure that me and golf were still going to be in a relationship together because my front nine yesterday was terrible. Turned it around mm. on the back nine, but I was awful. And I went out there today, and I was on pace to shoot 
right around 90, so I was happy with it. Um, but yesterday, oh god, oh god, it was bad. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I, I am curious to find out. I mean, I know you don't travel too far out of Austin recently, but I know everybody's cool down there. I wonder how people would look at you if you were wearing a mask in, you know, Houston or somewhere else deep in Texas. Oh, bro, listen to this. There was once, once the 100% open came about and no more masks were being enforced, um, I saw something on uh, on Twitter. There was literally a mask mask burning party at a bar in Fort Worth, and it was called "Burn the Bullshit." So, how's that tell you about how the rest of the state is? Oh man, they are very <laughs> bright down there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing much going on for me. I have been watching a little bit more UFC, which we don't really have talk you? about on this pod, but. Yeah, it's it's my my two friends are really into it. I went the, I went over last night and watched the card. Uh, Stipe just getting his ass kicked by the big guy from uh, uh, France via Canna Maroon, I think it was. Hell of a story though for that guy. Um, tried to defect seven times and was sent back basically to die. Finally made it over to France and then started uh, fighting. And and now look at him. Now he's the heavyweight champ. Respect, nothing but respect. What a fucking story that is. Absolutely, and honestly, it's just for my gambling taste. Um, well, yeah. And the fights are honestly pretty interesting. It's it, boxing is a little boring to me. This is much more interesting because the rounds are a lot quicker, the fights are a lot quicker. But it's just another thing to add to you know to watch. Boxing's dead. I mean, if you got to have Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield argue over fifty-six million dollars, and now they're going to fight, I think at the end of May. It's just that's the most appealing thing. I mean, these guys have they're in their fifties for fuck's sakes. I mean, yeah, UFC. I haven't gotten into it, but I know it's a big deal, and that's obviously as far as fighting and combat sports. That's that's number one, and it's it's on a runaway right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, Dana White is a genius. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. Well, sounds good, man. I mean, I'm glad that you know everything's going well, and your your relationship with golf is is back to a prosperous one. We can't have you uh, can't have you letting that go, and you've been doing your Dino Hype Co. pods and uh, and everything else too, right? Absolutely, DinoHypeCo.com. Everybody, check it out. Check out the pod Dino Hype Cast. That's pretty much it for that. Love it, man. Well, we got a busy week of sports ahead. Opening day on Thursday for baseball. We'll have an Elite Eight the next two days, and um, we're about to do our baseball preview. Yes, uh, Sean and I will figure out a day that that's coming out, and uh, I will tweet it out, but it is going to be, put it to you this way, it is going to be before, I think, Thursday's opening day. That's a really good way to put it. It'll be before opening day. (laughs) Yes. All right, man, that about wraps it up. Everybody enjoy their week. Uh, Stay safe in New York with the weather and stay safe in Texas with uh, the rocket scientists down there not wearing masks. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better. Thank you.